You are listening to the Talking Tough Podcast, the world's toughest men and women at their most vulnerable. Their stories of triumph, their falls from grace, and their climb back to the top, to life. This is Rick Bassman here for Talking Tough on the Podcast One Network. Hey everybody, it's Rick Bassman up here in the wilds of Maui today on Talking Tough. We're about an hour later than we were supposed to start, uh, but there's a reason for it. It's all on me. Actually, I want to blame my producer, John Pozorowski, because I just love to blame him for everything, even though it's not his fault, which it wasn't today. Um, but what's going on is this. I, I have two guests on today. You know who they are. You've seen it promote. It's uh, Doc Gallows and Don Fry, who, it, in my, they don't know each other, which I found out, which I think is great, because in my mind, they are like, almost like they're very individual but they're almost versions of each other from the mma and the pro wrestling worlds and what i mean by that is super good guys genuinely funny extreme giant personalities and uh man they're you'll see you'll see what it's all about the reason we've been late and i want to put this out now is as you guys know i'm up here in the middle of nowhere maui there's a major thunderstorm going on I'm doing this on my iPad today, which I've never done before because my PC won't connect, my iPhone won't connect, so we're trying something new. Connectivity is an issue today. Uh, Luke, Doc is in the middle of nowhere, Georgia. Don is in the middle of nowhere, Arizona. And all three of us are having major connectivity issues today. So I wanna thank both those guys and my producer, John Pozorowski, for being patient enough to stick this out and make this work. Uh, I'm not going to go into a long intro like I normally do. We've kept you waiting long enough. Appreciate very much that you're on and want to introduce my good longtime friends, Don the Predator Fry and Doc Gallows. You guys with us. Thanks for having me on, man. Talking tough, talking shop. I love it. Hello. Hey, guys. Man, I'm having a bad time listening to you, partner. Oh, man. Well, Don, we're, we're going to do the best we can. I explain to the audience that we've got some major connectivity issues. We're busted up again. And we may have lost Don priority. John, do we have Don? I'm going to start with Luke. And if Don no, can not bust it up. You're, you're banging in and out. Right, we're going to do our we're going to do the best we can here, Don. I'm going to get started with uh, with Doc. Hopefully you'll be able to jump in because the two of you guys, I know we're five so well together i hope this works if not man doc i would see i'll hook you up with don if you want you guys should do something on your own sometime because you guys would be absolute gold. man i would love to have don on talking shop <clears throat> love to hear some of those japan stories man oh gee. <laughs> yeah and, and and don's got thousands i'm sure i've been lucky enough to uh to experience uh, a couple or few with him actually I mean, I have photos like, you know, beer, beer with beer for breakfast with Don Fry, you know, bullshit like that. An all night drunk fest in Africa with you, Luke. I mean, you know, it's cool to have a, that reminds me, you know what? There, there's a bunch of stuff that you guys do have in common, as I mentioned. Um, you're both great dudes. You both live larger, larger than life types of lifestyles or have for many years, at least. Um, <laughs> And you're both funny as hell. Here's another thing you guys have in common. You've both fallen victim to my airplane spin. So I have, you knew I had to get that over, man. You knew that. <laughs> you knew that. Oh, fuck. That's I the truth. You. I think mine was in, uh, God, where were we? It was um, the Congo, the DRC, the Democratic Republic of the P Congo. And I think it was poolside after about, I don't know how many bottles of liquor and whatever else we were into at the time. <laughs> it, it, it was a lot, man. And uh, yeah, it was in Kinshasa for sure. I remember that. Yep. Um, you know, I have like in my vast photo collection of airplane spins. People always say, oh, they let they let you do that, right? And I'm like, no, I just shoot on <laughs> I shoot on them once we're drunk and whatever happens, happens, right? And, uh, just I, hope I think, for the best, right? Dude, I think things went kind of awry. Didn't like we catch a table and like you landed on the floor on your nose or something like that? I don't that know. Probably, that sounds about right at that time of the night. Yeah, about 4.30 in the morning is usually where I land on my nose somewhere. <laughs> yeah, my, my apologies, man. Um, I, you know, that, that trip, though, one of my favorite photos of all time. I don't know if you've seen it. 
it's a photo I call Triple Date. And it's me. Yes, and I have seen it. Three girls that we met poolside. That's a fun photo, man. I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I won't deep dive on that one, but it was a fun photo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, I got Dawn uh, at Bot. I saw Dawn uh, kind of stumbling across the main floor at Boss Rutten's wedding. And uh, nice. I put a target on his back, so that's when I got my spin on Don Fry. <laughs> so what you do is you look for you look for these you look for these big monsters when they're inebriated, and then you just come up and pop them on your shoulders and get the spin, right? Do a few spins, and I put them down and run like hell. Yeah, that's what, <laughs> dude. Um, Ken Shamrock. This is not about me and my airplane spin, so I want to get talk about you guys. But I'll just mention this last thing. Um, I did this to Ken Shamrock in a gym in Las Vegas. And I don't think Ken was very happy about it. And he somehow <laughs> managed to choke me out from being up in the airplane spin. I still don't know how he did that to this day. But uh, <laughs> look, you, you kind of got to pick your targets, you know? I just got to meet Ken for the first time at the uh, Slammiversary on Saturday night uh, in Nashville and then doing the television tapings with him. I'd never met him, man. Like, never, our paths never crossed over all these years of wrestling and, and you know, him obviously being a a fight legend and all that stuff, but what a dude, man. He, uh, he was cool. I'd never met him before and it was, it was awesome meeting him. So I'm looking forward to hopefully getting to work with him and do some fun stuff. You guys, I think would be really matched. Well, I mean, you're very, very different, but I can imagine yeah. the match you guys have put together, man. That would be good. That'd be really good. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Hey, Don, you've for done sure. some, uh, you've done some ring time or cage time with Mr. Shamrock, haven't you? And we don't have. I'm gonna keep throwing to Don. We'll see if we get him in. In the meantime, yep. I'm just I'm just happy to see him there. I don't know about you guys, but I'm just glad to uh, to see Don. Don has been through um, some medical hell. Here, buzz. Don, are you with us? Uh, well, I'm gonna keep just talking about you, and hopefully we'll get. Yeah. You. Yeah. Go back right. Luke. Yeah, I was saying like like Luke John. And I'm sorry, man, because I, I know you by so many names. What do I call you? What, what should I call you for the podcast world? Well, call me Doc or, or LG because I own those two and they own Luke. So oh, <laughs> just no, keep the uh, cease and desists out of my mailbox if we could, please. <laughs> oh, shit. I had no idea. I had no idea. No okay. problem. All right. And I'm not going to get into all that because I know every interview you do probably wants to know about all that shit. So. Man, the other platforms for that for sure. Yeah, that's already been done. If you want to hear about that, go to youtube.com backslash talking shop podcast. You can hear the whole shoot on that. But that's in the rear view mirror. We got too much exciting, fun stuff coming up to uh to dwell on that stuff. Uh all kinds of new opportunities. Slammiversary uh live on pay-per-view Saturday night, impact trended worldwide for the first time in in years. So it was really cool to go there with some of my buddies and uh Get some really good buzz for those guys. Really happy to be working with them. And then, of course, August the 1st uh, on American and Canadian pay-per-view starting at 9 p.m. Talk and shop a mania. The worst pay-per-view ever. The greatest wrestling parody you will ever see. The main event is a boner yard match, not to be confused with a boneyard match, where Sex Ferguson will be taking on Chad Too Bad, and one man will be buried alive. So tune in to see who that is. A lot of greats from the professional wrestling world making cameos from Chavo Guerrero to Heath Slater to Brian Myers to the legendary Rock and Roll Express. Enzo was down here with us. Um, Mike Bennett, Maria Kanellis. Uh, the list goes on and on. So if you want to see these guys step out of their serious television wrestling personas, uh, join us. Get in on the joke. Take the wink. It's all done uh, in jest. It's all done for fun. It's it's the best 15 bucks you're going to spend. It's 90 minutes of... Uh, what I think is a pretty hilarious parody wrapped up in professional wrestling. So I hope you guys will join us. I hope you'll enjoy that. If you're in the Georgia area, you can watch it with me live at Southern Brewing Company in Athens, Georgia. I'll be doing a, a meet and greet and a watch along there. So that's my uh, that's my shit that I wanted to promote. Now we can move on and, and talk about life. No, no, man, that's good. But I want to stay on that for a second because I rarely watch – much of anything at all these days but i definitely want to watch that man that's a great pitch i'm like i'm compelled to see that now 
So I, I want to understand again the, the date and how I watch, please. The date is August the 1st. It's on um, all your major American pay-per-view providers. So <clears throat> whatever television service you're using, you can just click on that. You can buy it for the low, low price of fourteen ninety five. Uh, if that's not available to you, you can watch via Fight TV on the Fight app. It's available worldwide on Fight, yep. uh, Saturday, August 1st, 9 p.m. Uh, buckle up. Put the kids to bed for this one. I, I will say it's uh, it's for mature audiences only, and I think that you'll probably, you know, if you're a drinker, have a drink. If you're a smoker, have a toke. You know, do what you do. Uh, relax and enjoy this. You're not watching it for work rate because you're not going to see any of that, but I think you're going to laugh your ass off a wrestling fan. I think today, in today's age, you know, especially with the you know, quote-unquote empty arenas or whatever we call it, which you know some people yeah. that are pretty hard to watch. I think alternative they programming are. is the way to go now, man. I mean, I, it's rare that I hear of something and go like, "Wow, I really want to see that or read it or whatever it is." Dude, I'm dying to see that now. Thanks for that. I well, it. yeah, I, I appreciate it. And I can't wait to hear what you think of it. it it's. Uh... You know, my last match in WWE was a co-main event of WrestleMania, a cinematic match with uh, AJ Styles and The Undertaker. We played a part in that where I was thrown to my death and then uh, released in the midst of the pandemic. So I was sitting in my sauna here in the basement sweating out the hate from the night before, and I thought, if we don't spoof this, then I'm missing a damn good opportunity to, to put, you know, what I think will be a big smile on people's faces, and I think the boys will get a big kick out of it too. And that was basically my goal in doing that so i want to thank uh, highspots.com i want to thank pro wrestling tees.com i want to thank poor king good that jumped on board um there at the last minute and helped us sponsor that thing i was going to self-fund it either way so it was very cool of those guys to step in and they were heavily involved as you will see uh on august 1st when it airs so enjoy that let us know if you think it's the shits let us know that too live tweet the thing i'll be responding to all of it so i'm really looking forward to it right right on man i, I wish you the best of good fortune with that and the, the beauty now is you're with impact so you can do stuff like this right you got you got your freedom again i'll tell you this man the, the most attractive thing about this impact deal was scott demore who i don't know if uh how often your paths have crossed rick but uh, I, I scott was a, a big yeah, Scott was a heavy – the first time I went to Japan after my first WWE run was through you. Uh, you sent me over there with IGF. Uh, then I ended up – you know, I think I did a NOAA tour, and I ended up signing with, with T, what was then TNA on Spike TV. I did a year there. And when it was time to renegotiate on the year option, um, you know, at that time, I guess funds were tight and whatever. For whatever reason, there was no more money on the table for me, which in the deal it said there would be a raise. So we kind of butted heads. And uh, – the decision was made to move on, and that's how I met Scott. Uh, he was helping uh, Nick Aldis negotiate a TNA contract at the time I met him. He said, dude, have you ever thought about New Japan? I said, I've thought about New Japan a lot. I don't know anybody there. I don't know how to get in there. I'd talked to Carl Anderson, my partner for years now, and, and met him, but I didn't know how to – didn't want to go ask a guy for a job, so I kind of sent him a little brother message, and then Scott said, well, let me let me show you, you, know, you to them, and he sent a clip over there, and uh, – at the time, to Carl's chagrin, they uh, he was in line for a big singles push at the time. But I guess Atori took a look at me and was like, oh, yeah, good worker, man, maybe tag team. So Carl was less than thrilled when it happened. But then, uh, you know, luckily for us, it, we were kind of magic and meant to be together. We, uh, man, it was like that uh, stepbrothers thing. Did we just become best friends? We went out and had a kick-ass match in Cork and Hall. He goes, you want to come to my sponsor? I said, yeah, sure. I don't know much about that. He goes, do you like beer? I said, yeah. Do you like Mexican food? Yeah. We've been attached to the hip ever since. So <laughs> the, the rest um, of the day is history, no? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, but yeah, so I met Scott that way. And um, you know, back to what I was saying, he was aggressively um, trying to recruit us when we were thinking about leaving WWE in September of 19. And this time around, he basically said, I know your podcast. I know you're trying to work on these outside projects. We got our, you know, our talking shop beer coming out and all this extra stuff I'm doing. He said, the thing about impact is, you know, we have a great relationship with our network and we'll co-promote all of it. So I couldn't have been more pleased. You know, he was here on the property. He has a cameo in the, in the pay-per-view. Um, they're promoting it on their television for us. So it's just such a different feeling to have the kind of the handcuffs off and people supporting your outside endeavors as opposed to telling you that you can't do things um right. so that's been very very cool that, that's got to be amazing for you because you're a very creative guy you've done so much in this world already like 
what what's left for you in the uh in the wrestling and entertainment world are you just getting started or are you feeling like yeah man i mean I'm, i just turned 36 and if i can stay healthy i'd love to be in the ring for 10 more years you know i've always said if a guy's healthy between 35 and 45 he can keep the injuries down that's when you're in your prime because you really become comfortable with yourself as a performer uh at that point and you the nerves are gone you know who you are you understand yourself uh, as a character and a performer, so I, I really feel like the best of this shit is uh, is yet to come. Um, I think we can put Impact back on the map. I was very happy with the buzz Saturday night coming out of Slammiversary. The TV that aired last night I thought was great too. A lot of new talent. And the other cool thing is is Scott put a carve out in our contracts where when the world's back open, we're allowed to freely work for New Japan Pro Wrestling, which is a passion of of mine and my tag team partners who spent nine years there before I had shown up. So. Uh, it's going to be very cool to be able to do both and, and do our outside stuff. They're putting my shows I run here in Georgia. The Lariato Pro Wrestling shows will be part of the uh, Impact app, uh, Impact Plus. It's $7.99 a month. Tons of cool independent content. Every pay-per-view Impact has ever produced is available there. And now you'll be able to see my shows loaded with my local talent from the school and a lot of Impact guys and myself. So it's exciting. Sounds ideal, man. Things happen for a reason, don't they, at the end of the day? As, as it turns Absolutely. Out. How about you, Rick? What's going on with you, man? Well, I'll, I'll, I'm glad to tell you, but I want to see if we have Don Fry by any chance. And yeah, if we don't, John, because John, John's an incredibly creative producer. He's got this horrible show called The Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. Actually, it's, it's an awesome show. It's one of the top pro wrestling podcasts out there. I believe you're scheduled it. for it. Um, John's a very creative producer. John, is there anything that you can think of? that we can do to involve Don Fry. I love seeing Don there. I really do. I haven't seen him in so long. Is there any way we can involve him in this conversation that you can think of? I was hoping he could hear us because before I was, we were tapped in and we were talking and he had his dog with him. So it was all good. I don't know. Somehow we lost some connectivity. I'm going to try partner, to. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. there we go. There, he there is. we go. Yeah. yeah that oh, works. Yeah. There we go. I can hear you all. You're sounding like you I think we got you. Well, Don Fry. Man, there's a bad delay. Don Fry, meet Doc Gallows, man. I wanted you two guys to uh, to connect here because I know there'll be a new friendship form. Do you hear us? Ah, foiled again. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll put Don over and just say all I've ever heard about Don Fry's. Well, go ahead. Go on, Don, please. Man, no. No, I'm only getting every fourth word from you guys. Hell, damn. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm wondering, John, would it make sense for me to one of us to call him and try to relay it that way, or is that going to be a clusterfuck of epic proportions? What do you, Rick? Can you call him and put him on speaker? Would that yeah. work? Try to try to put I'm him on speaker. Yeah, so let's see what happens. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that'll work. Yep. All right. Yes, we're gonna let's give that a try. All right. I don't think we'll see him, but at least we'll hear him. Better than nothing, right? Yeah. What a great what a great brother voice, too. I didn't know he sounded like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Got that grizzled old veteran voice. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I've known Don for about over 20 years now, and it's not like that voice came on later in life. He's always had that same voice. <laughs> Day one. Let's see if he's here. Hopefully he'll answer. He may have shut his phone off to not interfere with the audio, but we're about to find out. Oh, man. We'll see. We'll see. Um, he's not answering his phone. John, we'll try him again in a minute. Did he... Okay. Uh... Don, is that you? All right, here's what we thought, man. This is not the highest tech solution of all time, but here's my phone in camera view now. That's into the new star of uh, the Talking Tough podcast here, my phone. Better if I actually cover myself up. There you are, Don. Can you, uh, Doc Gallows, Don Fry, can you guys hear each other? Hey, Don, great to meet you over the phone, man. I've heard nothing but how what an awesome guy you are, so this is cool. <laughs> all right i think the connection works beautiful beautiful all right um yeah don I, I, 
you know, Luke, Luke and I go, Doc and I go back also. We've had some pretty crazy experiences together. What, one thing I know about him, I know many things. One is he, he's an awesome on-camera personality as an interviewer also. So I want to do something kind of odd, if you don't mind, and uh, turn the turn the deal over to you for a second, Doc, for you to talk with Don. You want to try that? Oh, man, I would love to. I, um, you know, aside from, you know, Don's illustrious fighting career and the legend that he is in that world, uh, when I first started going to Japan, um, I heard that Don Fry is one of the most fun wild men ever to step foot in that country as a gaijin. And uh, I don't think I lived up to it, but I damn sure tried. And I had a lot of fun over in Tokyo, Osaka, all over that country. So I just love to hear a Don Fry story about a, you know, give me a hell of a night out. What's a night out for Don Fry in Japan look like at, at a sponsored dinner with some, some good characters from the fighting and pro wrestling world? <laughs> you got you got one for us don i know you got i i personally had the uh the profound privilege of witnessing a few um what what stands out for you man and all in all the uh thousands of crazy career episodes that you've had yeah i got real lucky one time um and hawk came over you know mike and um yeah it was a few days before he, he passed away, you know, maybe a week or so, I don't know. And um, we went out drinking that all night long, man. And, um, there we were at a bar and we are getting ready to leave. Uh, and he's smoking a cigar and there's a, an Indian god statue and he, and he puts a, cigar, a cigarette out on it. You know, my fucking God, you know. <laughs> 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 we walk out oh, man. and he puts the sun off. He's a fuck, too. <laughs> oh, man. That's good. Hey, I, I, I got a good one. I'm around Hawk good. because I was breaking in around the time he passed, unfortunately. But, yeah, I, <laughs> I would have loved to. Uh, the, uh, Hawk was quite a guy, man. You must have known him, I'm sure, huh? Just briefly, you know, um, I broke in in 2002. I was 18 years old when I started. I think Hawk passed in 2003. So just uh, just met him in passing as a really young guy. He was very cool. And then um, I knew Animal a little bit too uh, later on. But I, I didn't get as much. You know, there's there's a that that group of guys I, I always hear that I, I would have got along well with that unfortunately left us too early. Like, you know, Kurt Hennig, whose son uh, Joe is a great friend of mine. Um, sounds like he was a hell of a brother and uh, big boss man too. Was a guy <clears throat> I met very young when I was just starting out, and I've always heard the same thing about him. I just uh, the only regret is I didn't get very much time around those guys because I think it would have been a, it would have been a great time and I probably could have learned a thing or two. Dude, you would you would have fit like a glove into that era, man. There is no doubt. I got to manage Hawk and Animal one night. I, I have very few mark out moments in, in my career, yeah. but I got to walk them to the ring as their manager in uh, Osaka against Otani and Tanaka. That was pretty awesome. Oh, nice. And yeah. Nice. A lot of fun, man. I'll never forget that one. Um, hey, Don, let's see if you remember this one. You know what's great? I could probably just make shit up and get Don to go, yeah, that's true, right? <laughs> Don, what do you think? I don't know. <laughs> we, were, um, we were in Vegas for, uh, for K-1, and we – I don't know if Don, of course, has been involved in, in hundreds of these. Doc, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the setup, but, like, the big – Vegas K1 or Pride shows, you know, they, there's always like an adjacent ballroom that's a big holding area, dressing area, all that sort of thing. And this is back when uh, Shamrock and Tank were uh, feuding. And I was friendly with both. And we we're kind of able to, with the McCauley brothers and then Don, you know, Justin and Sean, of course, yeah. we were able to put a little truce together. And now we're all sitting at the same table. And the next guy joining us at the giant table is Don Fry. 
And now, now I'm going to sound like I'm doing some like uh, unabashed name dropping, but there's a reason for it. Then there's Boss Rutten, then Mark Coleman, then Mark Kerr, then Alan Goest, then Mark <laughs> And it's going on and on. We're all at this table. So somebody, and it's not me, because I would gladly take credit for this, someone decides it'd be a great idea to go to Olympic Gardens, you know, like the, <laughs> uh, the, the Disney World of strip clubs, right? So, <laughs> so we go. And you can imagine <clears throat> a group walking into Olympic Gardens, right? Um, <laughs> you know, the, uh, the, the bouncers there, if you remember, they look like, rep, they look like, like roided up refugees from Chippendales. You know what I'm talking about. And there's like, there's like 30 yeah. of them also. It's a big, big place. And we all got a little liquored up. And here's a part I wanted I want to check Don on. There's a moment when Don and Boss Rutten and Alan Goas uh, decided it'd be a good idea to get up on stage and dance with the dancers. Um, <laughs> Don, do you remember this? All right. Well, man, it was, uh, like, you know, people, by the way, I, I, Hey, you know what I always say? You can't be mad at a man who doesn't remember. I've had a lot of those moments throughout my career and somebody will say, you know what you did last night? And I say, listen, you can't be mad at a man who doesn't remember. If I don't remember I was there, I can't be guilty, at least in my eyes. No, I was just going to say the same thing, man, because I, I'm very similar. So many times people say, Hey, remember when that happened? I'm like, Nope. Nope. <laughs> no, no memory. And it, man, it is what it is. You know, it's just, it's part of how we all lived a big part of a uh, big part of our lives. I, uh, I think, and uh, you know, no apologies here. And uh, it is, you know, it is what it is. No. And, and Don can attest to this even more than me, but this is the truth. And I mean, yes, it's a scary thing to talk about, but when you, you know, from, for me, from years of football, college football, been pro wrestling for almost 20 years. There's a lot of times I've been hit in the head and there's been a lot of nights out. A lot of that shit's lost and gone. Guys will come up to me that I haven't seen in 10 years and go, remember that night in Boston and you did this and you pissed in the pot? And I go, nope. And I really don't. I'm not saying I didn't do it, but I don't remember the shit. <laughs> you, you, and, you and me both, all three of us, brother. And, yeah. and look, not that this is like a great ending to the Vegas story, but what happens is I end up going to the bathroom and I get descended upon in the bathroom by like five of these giant Chippendale bouncer refugees. And, you know, for some reason, you know, at, at my massive 5'4", 135 pound, I guess maybe it's my, my Napoleon complex, I don't know, but people always think I'm in charge of shit. So the bouncers come up to me and they're like, yeah, um, can you control your friends? So what, what were you saying a moment ago? Nope. Oh no, man. Good luck. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Anyway, that was a fun night. Good. Good. Time. I can't, and if I could, I wouldn't want to because I want to see what the hell happens next, right, Rick? <laughs> right. That would have been a better answer. You're right. I wish I had thought of that. <laughs> oh my God, man. What else? What else would you uh, ask, Mister Fry? Oh man, I. You know, I'm. I'm a story guy. You know. Um, I always ask this to guys who have been there, whether it be wrestling or fighting or whatever. I, I love Japan. I mark out for Japanese stories. Um, I just, what, what, are you, what are your memories of your first time over there? Because we all get our cherry popped, I think, the first time, especially if you're a, a bit of a wild man like I think we both are. So do you remember the first trip over? you remember what you were doing fighting-wise and uh, anything that ensued? Yeah, totally. things is a meal. I, I, I can't wait to get back over there and have one of those. I used to go to the Wano market in Tokyo on a day off and I'd go work out in the morning. I'd go down there and walk around and drink beer all day and then I'd go home with uh, 
some of those frozen hairy crabs and I'd let them soak in the bathtub, go out and get a couple more beers and come back and that'd be my dinner. I used to love doing that. I had gout like a, like a son of a bitch. A lot of the time I was over there because too much beer and too much Connie, but. Yeah, my favorite thing is eating a Ramirez. You know, I just love Ramirez. Uh, yeah. So solid that they feed you, you know, as much as you want to eat. And then they don't charge you a nickel. You know, they, they won't take your money from you. And nope, it's a good vibe in that place, too. They got the old country music playing. Everybody's drinking beers and wine, eating steaks. Uh, the corn soup. I haven't had the corn soup in years. My first trip back, that's my appetizer when I get to Ribera's corn soup for sure. And then one of those big-ass rare steaks. Oh, man, they're so great. That's the best, that's the best steak I've ever had in my life. So yep. Great. Can't beat it, man. Can't beat it. Oh, if you're a fan and you're going to plan a trip to Japan to see wrestling or fighting or whatever, put that on your bucket list. Go to Ribera's Steakhouse because you never know who you're going to see in there either. You know, I've been in there when wrestlers from other companies have come in or sumo guys or fighters or whatever. And it's a small little place and everybody's just hanging out, having a good time. It's never not a, never not fun. Yeah. Then you, you know, you throw your neck out looking at all those photos on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. That's the coolest part too, is, is walking around looking at the pictures and stuff. They got some good shit in there. They almost need to make it bigger because they have to take them down and rotate them now because so many of the boys have come through over the years. You know, like you can go in on a Thursday and there'll be different guys on the wall than there are on Saturday. Yeah, I noticed that, man. You're right. They should. It's like I always thought the Hard Rock was going to come in and buy Rivero one day just to make it like into a museum of sorts. But uh, it, man, I miss that place too. It's fun to hear you guys talk about it. Reminiscence. Wow. So, Don, that first trip, so you're behaving yourself. Now, I was in Japan with you at least a couple of times. And, man, Doc, it was great being there with Don. Certain yep. impressions, things that I remember are, you know, a guy very much comfortable in his own skin. Um, yeah. Not, not having to, like, quote, unquote, behave anymore and doing, you know, doing what he wants to do, but always being a nice guy and a genuine guy and a gentleman. And Don, Don, was there a play, was there a time and place where you kind of felt like Japan was your world and you were, you know, you were made for it. It was made for you. Oh man. Come on. Every time I go over there, it's just, it's like a second home, man. I mean, the people treat you so good. The culture beautiful. It's just, it's a great place to be. You know, if, um, if they let me have my, my firearms over there, <laughs> I could live with you yeah. yeah, yeah, no kidding, huh? <clears throat> you know, that, that yeah, final, yeah. Pride, final Pride show, indoors, whatever, I know we all, we're all given to exaggeration in this business, but I think it's 50, <laughs> 60, 70,000 indoors, whatever it is. Those domes, awesome. you know, you've been in there crazy. It was there for the final Pride show. I was cornering for Butterbean. And <laughs> which was awesome. Beans all you do you do you know Butterbean, Doc? I love Butterbean. Remember we had Butterbean with us in South America. That's right, in Guyana. Oh my god, that's a whole nother <laughs> um and uh so I cornered Butterbean, he won his match by submission, oddly enough, and got such a monster pop, and I'm like, wow, prize final show. There are the top Japanese stars in the world are here, Bean. You just got absolutely the biggest pop of the entire night. And then later was Don Fry and James Thompson. And I'm like, oh, well, after Don Bean, you're now number two, dude. And uh, it was just, it was amazing to me, you know, how, how you were, I mean, not amazing, but impressive how, how highly regarded you were there, Don. And that's, um, I mean, when you, when you think about that now, is that like, do you think it's amazing? Is it? Or is it just like another thing? Oh yeah, it's amazing, of course. You know, it's, it's you know, people throw this word around a lot, but it, it's a hell of an honor to be treated that way and be received that way. And you know, I don't use the word honor uh, a lot because it, it's it's overused. But uh, you know, it really was a major privilege and an honor to be there and to be treated that way. Oh, we were eating um, lunch one day. 
myself and Steve Owens and a couple of my training partners. And this, this older gal, um, older at the time, you know, shit. <laughs> <laughs> That must that must have been fun. I can imagine. Um well, like you know, Bob Sapp to the people. He'd be getting a haircut, maybe um, you know, three hundred people outside waiting for him to come out. And you know, they I used to have uh ten people. Bob <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bob. Now Don Don, are you in touch with Bob at all these days? No, I haven't heard from Bob in a couple of years. God bless him. Doc, do you do you know do you know Bob? I know Bob. When I was in New Japan, um, a lot of the stuff he was still coming in and out for. He was staying in the Tokyo Dome Hotel, and there was a point where, you know, I was in Japan about thirty-five weeks a year. So basically, I called the Tokyo Dome Hotel my apartment. So I'd run into Bob a lot, and uh, we had him on our old podcast. You know, we had it before going back to WWE, and uh, had some pretty fun nights hanging out with Bob. Bob's larger than life in that country, as you guys know. Uh, still to this day, and his level of fame is is. Uh, is pretty unparalleled because it it almost was bigger than than the wrestling and the fighting and all that. I mean, he was a crossover legitimate celebrity in that country and and just an attraction that people wanted to pay to see. And when you walk down, you know, when myself, when I walk down the street, just being a big dude and being a new Japan guy and all that, like some heads will turn. But when you walk down the street with Bob Sapp, it was, it was different, man. I mean, you know, I wasn't alive for Beatlemania, but people would lose their shit when they yeah. saw Bob coming. It was really cool. That's, you know, would you would you say it's a, on a personal note? Got to be fairer to say that uh, Bob Sapp is crazier than the three of us combined. <laughs> oh hell yeah! Oh, I uh, our old podcasts aren't available anymore because of some of the some of the content doesn't hold up time wise. But uh, I remember having Bob on there one night, and Carl and I were, I don't know, 15 beers deep, and Bob comes in to do the interview, and we're trying to be, you know, for us, some semblance of professional, and usually we're bad about talking over people, and we want to tell our own bullshit stories and all this. You want to talk about controlling the room? I think I said, hey, this is Bob Sapp, and I didn't say another word until Bob Sapp was finished an hour later. <laughs> so. oh, man. You know, don't don't take this wrong, because I love Bob. But he is, yeah. nuttier, he is nuttier than the day is long, man. And uh, I've I've got something. You want to hear a Bob Sapp story that will make both of you sick? It's kind of a it's kind of a business. <laughs> well, it's a business story. It's not that exciting, but I'm going to tell you guys this. I don't think I've ever publicly spoken about this before. But I was representing Bob to go into WWE. It was very close. I don't know if you've ever heard that or not. I don't know this story. Yeah. It was at the height of his fame in Japan. And famously there, he was having contract problems with K1. So he was working unsigned. And we went back and forth with WWE for half a freaking year. You can imagine that. Um, Vince, Vince was like salivating. You know, he's a Vince type guy, especially in that era. Oh, yeah, totally. Bob made this negotiation more difficult than, I mean, it's like you'd have to try to make it that difficult and multiply it by 10 to even get an idea of how this thing went down. And <laughs> WWE, you know how they are. You don't mess with them too much in the negotiation. You know how that goes. They show right. Up. Yeah. They're, they're, they're really finicky about agents and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. They were, they kept capitulating and opening the door and making concessions that you wouldn't even begin to imagine at the right. end of the End of the day, Bob screwed the deal up. But I, I've gotta, I, I'm going to throw this out to you, and I, you won't believe it. But I'm going to I'm going to ask you or tell you anyway. What do you think the guarantee was on his two year deal that was in front of him? I mean, I'm sure the downside had to be a million or bigger for the downside guarantee. But, but uh, I know the Brock Lesnar number, so I'd say north of a mil. Five million a year for two years. And I know it's, it's like impossible to believe people listen right. to this right now are going to go, Oh, that's fucking bullshit. But you know, I, I have the paper or the electronic yeah. document, I should say. Yeah. And uh, anyway, 
And, uh, you know, as, as, as the ever greedy agent, I was pretty bummed to lose my 10% on that one. But Why the hell did Bob not take $10 million from them? <laughs> you know, I mean, you know how it, you and you and Don both know this. You, you achieve a certain level of fame and height yeah. and earnings. You know, people hear about, you know, the kind of money that, that you made. And, it, you know, it's in all the sheets. So people know what it was. And. Yeah. That's to them. That's all the money in the world. They're like, "Oh my God!" But you know, right. you you've worked so long, and just like Don did when those big big purses, you guys yep. worked so long and so hard to get to that point. When right. you're at that point, you're like, "Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's just how it's supposed to be, right?" It, yeah, it is 100. percent And that, it's yeah, just like and not that, that big of a deal anymore. And it makes you uh, it makes you a stronger negotiator, especially when you're in the heat of it and you're hot like that. So I mean, yeah, that's another definitely another level from where I was. But I do when you put it that way, it's very understandable. Yeah, he was just there, you know. He was out because there. because if you feel like you're worth it and people are going to offer it to you, then I mean, hey, that's the world we're playing in right now. And that's you know, I just I went through that in in September when we almost went to AEW, you know, and then the regret of, of the signers remorse and then what happened with the pandemic and, and all that stuff. So I, you know, we were lucky to come out of that and uh, land what I think are very generous deals from, uh, from impact and from new Japan. But yeah, with Bob playing with that kind of money, but, but also having that level of fame, especially in Japan at the time when there was big, big money to be made in Japan. Yes. I mean, yeah, it does make sense. Yeah. And, and Don, Don would say, Don, this is kind of a personal question. I'm, I'm guessing you probably won't want that answer, but I'm going to ask anyways. Um, you, you finished up in Japan, what, back in the early 2000s? When was your last big show there, roughly? The last big show? I mean, the last Pride show I did. Okay. So, that one, you know. so we're going on 15 or more years. Do you, um, are you comfortable? Let me go four. Yeah, that's about right. right. Yeah. Are you comfortable sharing what the main event purses were back in those days, or would you rather not say? No, uh, I'd rather Okay. All right. I'm just curious. I mean, I know what they were. They were big, big numbers, Doc. And, uh, you know, but, you know, Don, Don was at that level. He, he earned it. Hey, man, you know, I always say this. I, I was never a guy, you know, never a fighter. I respect the hell out of that. But I was never a guy who would hear a guy's wrestling contract number and go, I'm jealous of that or fuck him or why did he get that? Because when you hear a guy get a big number like that, you go, hey. That means that number could be available to me at some point and good on them for getting their money while this lasts because, as we all know, this shit don't last forever. So get all that you can get while they're going to give it and take it because it, it runs out at some point. So I am i don't know what it was, but I'm happy you got it, brother. Well, I'll tell you what, partner. I got, I got robbed over that next. Jerry Millen. Oh, boy. Shuffle? Yeah, yeah, I guess I guess they had a big meeting, you know, telling everybody else. I guess they had a, a Ray was fit to be tied. He's gonna kill somebody. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I was there. That's terrible. I remember, Don, being in the lobby with you after all that. I remember seeing you in some lobby meetings, and I'm like, wow. <laughs> I, I felt like such an ass. I go up to Don. I'm like, because it's, it's a meeting with people who look really sharp, really well put yeah. together. And I'm thinking there's, you know, major Japanese movie producer signing Don to another huge deal. And sure. so the, I saw them, like the meeting end, I go up to him and go, man, that looked like something that was really good, huh? He's like, that was a fucking Japanese IRS, man. I'm like, oh, shit. That's a bummer. Oh, that's brutal, man. I hate to hear that. It, it doesn't matter what side of the world you're on. The IRS can always get your ass. I've been there. It sucks. And Bob, that was a Jerry Millen setup, huh? Another name you probably may not uh, luckily be familiar with, Doc or, or John and Jerry Millen. But um, man, if we we you would need a lot of hands to count uh, how many fingers people in the industry want to beat the shit out of Jerry Millen on. Oh my God! Um, <laughs> yeah, you 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 and Boss Rutten and Stephen Quadros might have to fight for that privilege, Don. I don't know. Is that I don't know if those are the kind of enemies this guy wants to be making either. <laughs> Some guys, they just don't get it. And uh, right. you, Doc, you, you would have loved Saka Kabara, the guy that Don's talking about. He was the um, de facto CEO of Pride. And, uh, I mean, like Japanese, obviously. You know, yeah. nice guy, good-looking guy, best suits you've ever seen. Spoke really good English some days and no English other days. Of you course. Know, <laughs> that's, a, that's a running trend yeah, in the business you, world. There. You, you know that drill. And you know, he, he eventually... <laughs> was was outed in the media as being funded by the yakuza there and that's why you know pride right. all apart that first time yeah. but I remember reading get, that. yeah yeah and you know it's privileged to get to like and don was a million times higher level than i ever was in japan but i got to hang with Saka kabara on that level and like kind of get yeah. to experience some of the yakuza hosted stuff over there surrounding pride man yeah again you would have thrived in that environment I <laughs> it's a it's a different world man <laughs> uh, listen, that was some good times so don is there anything um you know as as you know one of the true true icons of, of mixed martial arts is, is there anything like in pro wrestling or mixed martial arts that you still want to do professionally? Now, I don't mean in the ring or in the cage, but you know, as as a personality, is there anything you're still looking to do? Yeah, I'd like to do some more commentating. I did a couple, you know, uh, commentating gigs, and I had a blast. Um, Boss Rudin and Ron Crutt and I um, did uh, Shark Fight 13, their only pay-per-view, and then after that, they folded, so something went wrong somewhere. So, but we had a hell of a good time doing that. And I guess they did a King in the Cage one too. Yeah, Doc, I don't know if you've ever seen Don, any of Don's commentary or whatnot. When, when he is on, there's truly nobody funnier in, in this world. I mean, he's like <laughs> such, such a great on camera personality. Um, I think he's, dude, he'd be a great manager. That's for sure. I just thought of that right now. He'd be great for talking shop of mania too. We might have to get him down here to Georgia if enough people buy this thing and I can do another one. <laughs> now, are you, um, is that the goal to do, uh, to continue doing this? Obviously, right? Yeah. I mean, if, if there's interest and in people like it, we're actually working on a, I'll actually probably talk to you guys about this a little bit when we're off. I'm supposed to be in another, uh, <laughs> Zoom podcast with with Jason Kendall from Major League Baseball that I forgot about right now. So maybe we'll have to have this conversation tomorrow. But I'm putting together a secondary pay per view project that I can't say much about publicly right now. But it's not a parody thing. It's a more serious pro wrestling element, and there's some uh, want for some mixed martial arts stuff in there. And it's a lot of people that I think the three of us know, and uh, I think there could be something cool to that for sure. Right on, right on. That sounds yeah. I look forward to hearing about yeah. that. And I'm I'm really um. Yeah, absolutely. I got, well, again, I can't say it publicly, but the, the guy that I have hosting, uh, uh, I'll tell you more about it off the thing. So I don't <laughs> screw myself right now. <laughs> and I, 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 that's a nice way of saying no. You know, go kick crop, kid, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Doc, 
Doc, I, I truly admire how entrepreneurial you are, man, and how you're, uh, you know, when, when when you look at you on Instagram, you see a guy who owns his world, and that's just, uh, it's a cool thing, man. Um, it, all, all going well in family life. and Everything's you know, good, man. Uh, you, you just got to keep pushing. You know how it is, Rick. The hustle's always real, and I'm not a guy who sits around. You know, I got released. I was sitting in my sauna, and I booked Carl and I on a signing in Spain, and then I hung up the phone from that and started, got a, out of the sauna and started writing this pay-per-view because you know there's no rear view mirror for guys like us you just got to keep moving forward um and that that's always been my thing so it was uh it was exciting because i knew that i could do all the shit that i had in my head and uh we're just going to keep moving forward with all of it that's all that you can do and uh you know i got good people around me the family's great i uh i got married again to a wonderful lady who's working on her doctorate in chiropractic so i said that maybe someday i will be the smartest wrestler ever because by the time she's an actual chiropractor i'll be 40 years old and she can keep me wrestling if she can keep fixing my neck and my back so <laughs> i'm hoping that works out for me but no seriously uh bethany's great and uh we got a we got a beautiful place here in georgia that's kind of you know, out here in the woods away from everybody. And we got the pool and the pond and the kids running around and it's kind of uh, kind of everything I, I ever wanted. So I'm, I'm very happy at, at my place in life right now. And I'm, I'm glad to see you sitting in Hawaii. It seems like you are as well. Yeah, it's all, you know, it's all good. I'm up here in, uh, in the wilderness in, in Maui, which sounds like a contradiction of terms. How could it be wilderness on Maui? Right. But, but I'm sure it's beautiful though. It's really cool, man. I've got this old beat up wooden house um, that I fixed up and, we're surrounded by trees and I fence the whole thing in. We've got some land. I've got my pit bulls running around and uh, it's, just, it's just me and my pups, man. And, uh, you know, very, very isolated. But, you know, the cool thing about COVID, there's not much that's cool about it. I don't want that. To right. But the cool thing is it like makes being an isolationist suddenly a cool thing. So I feel okay absolutely. Yeah. No, it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, it is, man. Don, how about you, man? How you doing out there in, in, in Big Bad Arizona. Oh, sorry. What'd you say? How How are you doing in uh, in Arizona? What are your What are your days like now with the world all shut down as it is? No, they have changed a bit, partner. I didn't do much, you know. Recovering again from some more nonsense, you know. In the in the surgery world, and so. Shit, I wasn't doing much to begin with, so then nothing changed for me, brother. Now, are you, um, you're in a, what area are you in, in Arizona? I'm in Tucson, brother. Are, are you near the city, or are you more of an outlying area? Oh, I'm, I'm outside, I'm outside, I'm about 12 miles north of Tucson, I'm at the, what you know, the mountains. That's what I thought. Okay, yeah, I pictured you being kind of more of an outlying remote sort of area. Yeah, which, uh, man, it's a choice to live that way. Oh, guys. Absolutely. Can't beat it, though. I don't know. Can't beat it. I think maybe I want to move back to the big city and get a 9-to-5 job and wear a tie every day. That sounds good, right? Hell no. If you can't live somewhere that you can't piss off the porch, you should move. That's my motto. I love it, man. Love it. Yeah, 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 you seem to thrive under those rules, so that's pretty cool, man. It's just you're you're designing your life your way. That's really cool. Got to find what works for us, right, boys? Let, let me uh, ask you guys one or two more questions each, and then I'll, I'll let you go. Again, I really appreciate you hanging in through all the technical difficulties and the scheduling. You know, one, one of these days, uh, streaming technology will actually start to work, and uh, it'll be easier on all of us. But um, th this, is, this is personal, so... I I was past tense spending way too much time on social media. I stopped about a month ago reading my friends' feeds and mm. really, really good friends, guys that you know, Doc, guys that you know, Don, that yep. we would consider like good friends and, you know, normal as much as they us are normal. Uh, <laughs> and they're just like posting all this hate about yeah. doing this, but, you know, hate about their opinion, whether they're, and I don't want to get into politics. That's not what this is. Um, but whether they're, you know, left or right or Republican or Democrat or whatever it is, whatever side they're on, they're being pretty forcefully mean to people that don't agree with them. And that's it really started to get to me. It's, you know, it's yeah. strange. It's like 
9-11, I was sad about it, but it didn't like hit me on the inside. It, it, it should, but it didn't. Uh, nothing yeah. has until this. And it's like really affected me how people are, are treating each other these days. Have, have you noticed that in your day to day? And if so, how do you? Yeah, I, I, I think that's one of the negatives about social media, because there's a lot of positives when you're promoting a brand or doing whatever you're doing. I don't ever speak on religion, politics, um, any of those kind of hot button issues, but it's kind of given a voice to negativity, which I think sucks. Um, because if, if, if you feel one way and someone feels another way, it's not your place to necessarily tell them that they're wrong, especially in a public forum where I see a lot of people will almost try to recruit, you know, other like-minded people to gang up on whoever they disagree with. And it's an ugly scene, man. And I, I don't think that it's making the problem better. I think it's making the problem worse. So I, I do agree with you on that. I'm on there a lot, but I'm on there promoting and I'm on there trying to make you laugh or saying something that I, I think is positive and can give you an outlet to get away from all this shit uh, as opposed to trying to stir it up and making it worse. Whichever side you're on, you know, these are some trying times in the United States of America. And I, I love this country. I love living here. I love my freedom. Uh, and that, you know, that's all I'll say on that, but, uh, you can see the flag behind me. Um, guys, stop spreading the hate. There's no reason for it. That's why we're all in so much turmoil. Agreed. Yeah. Thank you for that, man. Beautifully said. Um, I think I'm going to go back to this recording and, uh, and transcribe all that and use it on my next podcast. So thank you. It would make somebody mad, I'm sure, but you know, it's just how I feel. <laughs> hundred percent agree with you. I mean, you just articulated so well exactly how I feel. So seriously, thank you for that. Absolutely, um, man. Don, Don how, how about yourself, man? Do you, you subscribe to what's going on with people just with people pissing on each other these days? Does it not bother you? Um, how, how are you feeling about the world these days? Yeah, I'm the same size, same, same way as he was, you know, but is more profound in the way he's going to say or the way he stated it. You know, I'm going to say everybody's just a bunch of chicken shit. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bunch of you know, they don't talk shit and they won't come off their porch, you know? Um, yep. And they're hiding. And so they feel safe enough to talk this way. And, hey, everybody's a badass when nobody knows your address, right? <laughs> Keyboard warriors, man. Man, I, I would dare say that's as articulate a description of that I've heard as well. Um, before I let you guys go, uh, John Pozorowski, my faithful producer, also the owner of Two Man Power Trip, he always has better questions than anything I can come up with. John, you have anything for the gentleman before we let them go? Just a maybe controversial question, maybe for for Doc, if I can. I don't know if I uh, if I can do anything controversial. If that would be allowed, um, we'll see what back, the <laughs> back in back in deep south, that whole thing with uh, Bill DeMott and you know, that whole stink face thing and that whole thing. Did that really go down at like the, you know, the Zack Ryder stuff? Like, how did that all go down? Is, or is that all, you know, bullshit and BS? A lot of it's blown out of proportion. We had a, you know, um, Bill trained us Japanese style. We come in, we do 500 Hindu squats. We run a mile or two. We do 200 push-ups, 200 sit-ups, and then we'd start bumping. And it was it was hard. They didn't air condition the building at first, and they were looking to weed people out because you know the business has gotten softer uh, since all that went away. Yeah. And a lot of that went on. I was there from the day Deep South opened till the day that Deep South closed. Um, people say I'm a Bill DeMont guy or I'm not a Bill DeMont guy. I got along with Bill, and I appreciated him being hard on me because I was young and I was green and I needed it. Uh, but it got to a point where there were some people that were really complaining and stuff. So we had a thing called make a deal Friday where you could make a deal uh, to get out of the regimen. And it was something that was supposed to be fun and lighthearted. And I don't remember exactly how all that went down, but it was never forced on anyone. It was volunteered. Uh, by the participants, not myself. I just thought it would be funny to participate because I wasn't the one getting an ass rubbed in my face. So uh, <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of the best answer I can give you on that. <laughs> and for uh, Mr. Don Fry, just kind of take us back to that uh, Takayama fight where you guys legit just destroyed each other. What was the mindset going into that fight? That's one of the greatest fights of all time. It really is. Thanks. Thank 
Doc, have you seen the footage that John is talking about? The fight he's I, I actually have, and I'm kind of, uh, you know, I've been doing these interviews all day, so I, that would have been a question I would have asked if I would have been more on when you asked me to ask Don a question. Because I put you on the spot. Sorry, about I, that. I've sitting, I've sat on, uh, <laughs> I've definitely sat in a in a hotel room drunk in Japan and watched that with Carl several times because it's uh <laughs> it's barbaric and it's awesome. <laughs> I would say to anybody out there listening right now that's not familiar with what we're talking about, do a Google search for Don Fry and Takayama, T-A-K-A-Y-A-M-A, and you will see the most insane mixed martial arts fight in history. That's a very Ever. fair statement. Very fair statement. Right on. Well, guys, guys, we're we're late. I know that you have uh, things to get onto. Thank you both so much for your time, and it's really good to see both you guys. It's been a long time, and uh, let's stay in touch, please. Yeah, absolutely. Good to see both of you, Don. Good to meet you, man. I hope we can do some stuff together down the line, Rick. Always, brother. Uh, we don't say goodbye. We say see you later. Absolutely, my friend. Thank you, Luke. Doc. Thanks, good to guys. See you, my Thanks, guys. Don Fry. Thank you so much, man. I'll be in touch, my friend. Take, take care. Bye-bye. All right, John. Yes, sir. And, uh, we wrap it up with my VTech telephone as the new star <laughs> of Talking Tough and Way Dance, right? Yeah, nice. I think, uh, I think I need to give this guy a raise, <laughs> right? Oh, my gosh. Um, one of these days, we'll get through one of these without technical difficulties, but... Uh, just the way it's the way this stuff works, I suppose. It's all, all your friends are in like the remote, crazy areas. Um, California, Arizona, he's in Tempe out there. Uh, Hawaii, some of you, I mean, you got some no, crazy. Uh, it, it, it occurred to me, actually, it's funny you mentioned that. It occurred to me when I was asking Don about where it's, I knew he wasn't in the city of Tucson. Um, I know he's up against the foothills and it's like a, actually a tiny little town, but not far from the big city. And I don't know, maybe, maybe it's our age or, or the life experience or type of experience that most of my guests and myself share. But I think we all tend to uh, kind of get out of town at a certain point. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Seems like it. We end, up, yep. we end up in these places with lack of connectivity. Oh, well. Yep. Got to trade, uh, trade the bad for the good, I suppose. That's all right. But you get the nice weather and uh, the nice atmosphere, though. That's for sure. Get some peace. That's for mm -hmm. sure. Yes. Well, right on, man. That was fun. It was good having those guys on. It's a lot of fun. And, awesome. Uh, yeah. Are you gonna watch? Um, you gonna watch Doc's pay per view? I think I am going to now for sure. It. I saw the trailer for it. It does look hilarious. But also, they have like a lot of like guest spots and like random guys popping in and out, and some guys you didn't think you'd see, and just you know some random ass guys that maybe some people may not not even be familiar with. So I'm definitely going to check it out. It looks awesome to be honest, and I love those guys. I mean, it's Gallows and Anderson are the best. Yeah, I'm going to watch it for sure. Where Where can I see the trailer for that? How would I find it? Uh, just look it up on YouTube. It, um, it or even Fight TV has it up. Uh, Fight TV has a trailer up too. But I just when I was in YouTube before, I I put um, Talking Shop a Mania uh, trailer or something like that. But if okay. you go to uh, Doc's um, Twitter and all the other stuff, he's got it posted everywhere. They're really pump, you know pumping it up, promoting it hard. That sounds really cool. Sounds really cool. Well, anyway, um, I'm glad to hear you're going to have him on your show. You um, you're connected with Don Fry. Hopefully you do uh, bring Don on one time for a one-on-one -on -one when the connectivity is good. Yes. Um, Had him on a couple years ago. He was awesome. Dude, he is such a such a great personality. Well, such he, a good dude, too, man. Yeah, he told a great story about uh, him injuring Anoki for real. Uh, great great stuff. Ah, I know that one. Yes. Yeah, I'm good familiar. stuff. Anoki loved Don Fry, man. Don Fry was like Anoki's favorite gaijin. I know that hmm. for a fact, and that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. All right, man. I think we're um, I think we've done enough online stuff for one day. I don't know about you. I mean, you're six hours later than me. You're still going strong, and mm -hmm. uh, I'm kind of over it. So I think I'm gonna go play with my dogs. Sounds good. All right, John. Thank you. I appreciate it as always. Uh, Rick Bassman here on Maui, signing off for John Pozarowski and the Two Man Power Trip. I want to thank uh, my guest today, our guest today, the. Uh, the immortal and legendary Don Fry, and truly one of the coolest dudes I know, Doc Gallows. Thank you, everybody. Rick Bassman here for Talking Tough. 
See you next time. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that.